Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. I'm with you on this Tuesday afternoon, and so blessed to be with you and uh, would encourage you and invite you to call in at that number that you just heard to ask your questions or give your prayer request, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Welcome, everyone, tuned in to Calvary Live today, the program where you get to call in the listener and you get to ask your questions about the Bible or Christian living or uh, what's our worldview uh, biblically and the things that are going on all around us. And there are a number of things that are going on around us that we look at, so much information that we receive uh, so many sources, it's right there at our fingertips, on our phones, uh, whatever the case may be. And and sometimes it can bring confusion or bring up questions. And we want to take you to the Word of God that never changes. It It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is in His Word, and His Word is truth. It doesn't just contain truth. It is truth, absolute truth. So we want to take you to the Word of God. So give me a call. we got all open lines right now. So blessed to be with you on this Tuesday, the 21st of February, and I'd love to talk with you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and there's another way for you to communicate to me a question or a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. And that is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the program. It goes by fast this hour. So uh, if you're thinking of calling or wanting to call, grab that open line right now. We'll go to the phone lines as soon as the calls come in. And would love to talk with you, answer your questions, pray with you. Let's talk about the things of the Lord and uh, let's go to his word. Let's pray for one another. Let's encourage one another. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. All open lines right now. want to welcome all those who are listening on this Tuesday afternoon along the front range of Colorado up into southern Wyoming uh, on Grace FM radio network. Uh, we're, of course, Grace FM originates from Calvary Church in Aurora. So glad that um, that you're listening in Calvary Live originates from Grace FM, and such a blessing to be a part of it and, uh, and uh, to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, we got weather coming in, more warnings coming out. It seems like every week uh, we got a storm coming in, and uh, it's no different as uh, later on tonight in the morning. Uh, we got winter storm warnings up north here in northern Colorado into southern Wyoming. So just take the necessary precautions if you're out and about tomorrow, and and uh, just be careful if you're heading up in the mountains. They're supposed to get hit hard with a lot of snow, one or two feet of snow. Uh, it's going to be brutally cold, and it's going to also be blowing wind. So just be careful in these adverse conditions and take the necessary precautions and take your time. Leave 
uh, plenty in time of work, uh, plenty of space between other vehicles. We just want everybody to be safe. So be looking at those alerts and and uh, be attentive to those things uh, that they are telling us so we can all get to where we need to tomorrow safely and home safely. So welcome, Grace FM listeners. You're listening live on this Tuesday, the 21st of February. I also want to welcome all those who are listening Radio by Grace, uh, many stations throughout the nation. Uh, you are listening live as well. And then also uh, I would like to welcome all those who are listening online throughout the country, uh, and you too can call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897 for texting only. And as we have time in the show, we'll go to the text line. And I just want to shout out real quickly to those listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, and Higher Rock Radio. You are a week delayed. That just simply means that you get to talk to me on the air, and then you'll listen to it to it on your radio network next week. So two open lines. Give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to Keenan in Lexington, Kentucky. How are you? Hi, doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. So my question's a little bit unique. I'm a prosecutor, and Proverbs 17:15 says, Acquitting the, in, acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, both are detestable to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus in Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes said, Blessed are the merciful. So taking those two, I was wondering how I should take those together. Well, um, and that, the other one was Proverbs, what you mentioned. 15. And it's interesting because... Um, the reason it interests me is because I just did a devotion through Proverbs and just read it. And um, I want to pull it up here so I can look at it. 1715. So yes, he sir. who justifi- justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them are like an abomination to the Lord. And Proverbs is talking about God is a God of order. and He is a God that he is merciful, and but he does have... Uh, a law that he gives to us in the Old Testament when he set up the the nation of Israel, there was penalties for those who committed murder, those who stole. You can go through the law, um, and you can see how they were set up as a nation, how he set up judges and all that. They didn't have a police force back then, but they would have the judges. Uh, it was very detailed how they were to run their society. And we also know, even as the Lord puts the Ten Commandments, you shall not kill, uh, you shall not murder, is what the real translation is. But also we know that he's a God of mercy as well. And um, and I think the problem was in the Old Testament is that some of the judges that were to, to make these decisions, they became very corrupt. And what they were doing is that they were... Uh, condemning those who are justified. They were helping those who were, um, you know, there was a lot of problems. As you go through the books of the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you see the condition of the nation. And what was happening was um, they were ripping each other off. The judges were taking bribes. There was just a lot of problems that were going on. And God gave the standard of how things were to be done and how justice was to be carried out. And I think that, um, that you know, when 
in the Beatitudes when he says that uh, blessed are um, the peacemakers. Let me pull it up again for you because you were looking at specifically, and again, I was just reading this the other day, that um, blessed are um, the merciful, for they should obtain mercy. Is that what you were looking at? Yes. um, Mercy is not getting what we deserve, but he's extended mercy to you and to me but that does not dismiss that there should be justice in the case that, you know, um, when somebody breaks the law or, you know, in a court case. So I don't know specifically what you're looking for. So, well, so I have a lot of discretion as a prosecutor, and thank you. That that really helped me. But yeah. as far as – so what, what would – how should I read that specific teaching of Jesus into my practice in, in prosecuting criminals, I guess? Is well – as specific as I can get without going into anything. Right, and exactly. And I think prosecutors are so important in our cult- in our culture and in our society when it comes to our law and in the legal system. Um, it is so important. And I think I can say this, that you take every case, um, you know, individually. Um, and there may be, because of certain circumstances or something, that there is an extension of some sort of mercy um, but I think that um, when it comes to, you know, the thing about, let me read to you Romans chapter 13, and this might help a little bit. And I, I think it even would even pertain to you as a prosecutor that um, he he's writing about the governing authorities. And I don't know if you're familiar with Romans chapter 13, yeah. uh, but he says that you guys are God's ministers for good, for those who do evil. And and it's important that God has put those things in place for a culture and a society, for a nation to be able to move forward and to have laws and to be able to, to you know, punish those who have done wrong. And it says, those who resist the authority resist the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but do evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, for you will have praise for his names." And they are God's minister. So to me, in a sense, you're God's minister as you you are doing good against those who have done evil, because that is so important. And we're hearing today a lot about, you know, this the whole crime is expanding, crime is growing, violent acts and everything. And I'm very grateful for our police force. And then I'm very grateful for those who also will will prosecute those who need to be prosecuted. And so when it comes to mercy, you know, it, it doesn't mean that they get away with something. It doesn't mean it's like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to extend, you know, uh, mercy on everybody. Uh, there may be some circumstances where you might extend some mercy or anything, but as the Lord leads you and guides you, but the process that you do is ordained by God, and it's a very important and um, I very much support it. And, um, you know, it's not an easy job that you have. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And, you know, Keenan also as well, you know, the judges didn't have it easy. And the Bible spoke about that, that the judges, that they were ones that, um, you know, they they 
the Bible speaks about that they had a manner of life to people. And that's why it was really important that they be ones that ministered with integrity and honesty. And and I think that's the important thing because you have the law of the land and you have to apply that law of the land in circumstances um, that you prosecute and um, in the whole legal system. So, you know, I just want to pray for you and for all of you who have that difficult job in, in doing a very important uh, thing in our culture and in our nation and in, in your jurisdiction. And Father, I pray for Keenan. I just pray that him, as he's a prosecutor, that um, as he's looking at the scriptures, um, I don't think prosecutors rejoice in uh, bringing justice, but uh, I just pray you give him wisdom and that you give him guidance and you give him strength to be able to do what you've called him to do. And in those times where perhaps that, uh, you know, extraordinary circumstances or whatever might um, come to where some mercy is shown or whatever, Lord, do you lead him? You know, he knows the process. But Lord, I thank you for those who are in that system. And I thank you for those who also are ones who are defenders, that, that we have a system that, um, that Lord, someone can get a fair trial, whatever happens. So, Lord, you um, have set up a system even uh, in the Old Testament following the law and the judges. And, Lord, in our land we do as well. And so, Lord, just be with them, guide him and direct them in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. God bless you and God bless this program. You bet, Keenan. God bless you and what you do. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a nice evening. You bet. Very, very good question. You know, just not easy. We need to pray for those, you know, that are in the criminal justice system and not easy today and decisions that they have to make and pressing forward and different cases. And um, I'm grateful that he has Christians in those uh, areas and doing those positions. Hey, we got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Brent in Denver. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Brent. How was, how was the most loving Calvary pastor I think I have ever heard? <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the encouragement, but I'm doing well. A little bit under the weather uh, the last couple of days, but you know, a lot of people have colds and uh, going through some flu stuff and just was down and and, but I'm feeling better today, so thank you for asking. Well, what I mean is everybody at Calvary is a 10, but you just happen to be a 12. Um, <laughs> no. The, you know, uh, really, Brett, uh-huh. yeah, uh, you know, I was just going to say, go Paul, Paul, he's, he writes that I'm the least of the apostles, and I really feel like I'm the least of the pastors, you know, in, in Colorado. And, but I'm thankful that God uses me. I'm very thankful for the guys that I get to minister to uh, and alongside of here in Colorado. It's such a privilege uh, to minister alongside with Pastor Ed and, and the other guys. That um, What a blessing. But I appreciate your encouragement. Well, what that means is since you're the least, that means you're the greatest. But uh, I, I digress. <laughs> um, here's my question. And give me yes. a minute to get it out. <clears throat> okay. Have you seen, it's going to be a minute-long question, but have you seen where I think in Isaiah 4, uh, there was about 10 of us in a Bible study. We just really struggled to interpret that scripture. But the question is, have you ever seen 
where the beginning of a chapter is clearly maybe um, showing the the Babylonian captivity and destruction of Jerusalem and the Syrian and the attacks on Jerusalem and the taken away into captivity. And then towards the end, it clearly points out the great day of the Lord and the restoration of the kingdom. <clears throat> so it begins talking about the uh, current circumstances when that was written and prophetically, and, but the end, the hope is the coming of uh, the great day of the Lord, and I refer that to Matthew 25, where you see uh, the beginning of Matthew 25, the ten virgins, it clearly points as a type and shadow of the rapture, because I don't believe Jesus would have taught on the rapture, that was left to Paul. But then towards the end of Matthew 25, it's clearly pointing to the great day of the Lord in Armageddon and the establishment of the kingdom. So can within a chapter, part of that chapter refer to the current circumstances, but the hope at the end of the chapter is clearly pointing to, um, to uh, uh, the kingdom of God being established. So within that chapter... It can have present, current-day circumstances, but also future prophetic. Therefore, uh, the first part of Matthew 25 could clearly be pointing to the rapture, but because it's within Matthew, within 25, people in a lot of Messianic Jews and Jews would say that's, that whole chapter would be concerning the um, the great day of the Lord. So therefore, they say the rapture is is like the day before. But that's that's my question. Yeah, and there was a lot there that you threw out, and I'm, I try to follow along with you. But you know, when it comes to Isaiah, when it comes to Matthew, I think Jesus did teach on the rapture. He didn't use the word rap, harpazo, but in John chapter fourteen, he said, "I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you will be also." And many Bible scholars, John Wovode. Um, you know, Tim LaHaye, some of the other scholars believe that that was a reference to the rapture of the church. And then Paul, as you said, went on to explain it. He went on to explain it in First Thessalonians chapter 4, um, you know, First Corinthians chapter 15. But I believe Jesus also made reference to the coming of the Lord, that it is a reference to the rapture in the Olivet Discourse. And as you go through chapter 24, Um, you see this theme. And um, the thing about the parables, chapter 25, he tells the parable of the wise and foolish um, maidens, the parable of the talents, and then he tells about the judgment of the nations. That's how he he finishes the Olivet Discourse. And in that, there's there's a theme. Um, In chapter 24, he says that no one knows the day, the hour, not even the angels, um, of the coming of the Son of Man. He says, therefore, you also be ready as you continue through, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. He goes on to say that uh, that if uh, the master of the servant um, or the master knew when the uh, thief was going to come, he would have been prepared. You see this familiar theme, and then it continues in chapter 25 with that parable of the maiden. And see, you can take a parable and you can interpret it to death. But there's a main thrust in that parable, and that is in verse 13. Watch, therefore, for you do know neither the day or the hour that the Son of Man is coming. So Jesus is telling us about be prepared. 
be prepared, be watching, be ready, because they come at a time you do not know. And I believe that speaks of the rapture of the church because the second coming of Jesus Christ comes at the end of the tribulation period. We know when it's going to happen. But Jesus, you know, is talking about expectancy. He's talking about um, watching, be sober. I come at a time that you do not know. And then, um, and and that was the whole thrust of the parable of the talents. When we talk about the day of the Lord, um, Brent, is it's a period of time that speaks of the tribulation period into the millennium reign. You mentioned uh, Isaiah chapter 4. When you go through the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, he'll be talking about the millennium reign, and then he'll be talking about judgment. Or it starts out judgment, which is the day of the Lord, um, when the the moon is darkened, the sun will not give its light. Um, all this, the moon turns red, and then he'll talk about the millennium reign, all in the same chapter. And you really have to put your thinking cap on when you're in the book of Isaiah, because he changes subject very rapidly. Even in chapter 4, which is a short chapter, he's continuing with the first three chapters of Isaiah. And he says, in that day, seven women shall take hold um, of one man, saying, we will eat our own food. He's talking about the atmosphere of what's happening, not only in Isaiah's day, because the men were not leading in the way that they should, uh, but then he goes on and he talks about the renewal of Zion uh, in that very short chapter. So, you know, it, it is in these chapters, you got to kind of put your thinking cap on a little bit. And in the day of the Lord, he can talk about the tribulation period, uh, the coming of second coming of Jesus Christ, and then the millennium reign as well, judgment followed by blessing. And those can be in those chapters prophetic chapters, and we got to kind of sort it out as we go through it. Well, you guys are you Calvary Chapel pastors that are trained under Chuck. He's got a great commentary. His exhaustive commentaries on Revelation is wonderful. I've been listening to that. But Good. Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all, uh, uh, wonderful answer, and uh, um, I just appreciate uh, the Bible teaching the, and the in-depth teaching that uh, that I get from y'all. I always uh, I always walk away like I just finished an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> well, you sh- we should be fed the Word of God, and it's a privilege to do it. I'm so glad that you're being blessed by the teaching and Grace FM, and and um, so glad that you called in today. Appreciate it, Brent, and the kind words. God bless you guys, and uh, thank you so much, and uh, let's get someone else on. I appreciate you talking to me. Thanks, Bye-bye. Brent. Pre- appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. We're going to stay in Denver. Let's go to Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Um, I just I had a question about, um, if you could believe it or not, something that Jesus said. <laughs> um so he in Matthew he's talking about don't think that I've come to bring peace but I've come to bring a sword and the enemies of a man will be that of his own household and he he's pretty much saying that he's going to turn people that are supposed to be loving and tight knit um and that he he's going to turn them against each other and I have I've I've um I've I've witnessed this in my own life how he yeah. has done that and strangely enough, how he um, he 
he brought that discontent between me and my family members and me and my wife, while also at the same time, um, like holding us all together too. And I just I wanted to know why, why, what, what, what is the purpose of him bringing a sword between the family? Well, he he's saying that because, you know, as a family, and you've kind of expressed it already, is that there is going to be division. And he even speaks about, you know, how a a father will turn against the son and a mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Because when a person makes a a decision for Jesus Christ, and we got plenty of them in our own church, that all of a sudden those relationships become divided. It's almost like a sword was taken and and was cut. The, The relationships were severed, strained. Uh, because uh, somebody made a decision for Jesus Christ, and they didn't like that. So that's the division that he's talking about. And sometimes, you know, in some of the other accounts, he says that if you, you know, you need to hate your mother, father, you know, brother, sister, um, if you don't, you're not my disciple. And people read that, and they think, does that mean I need to hate my mom, my dad, my my brother, my sister, my spouse, Jesus isn't talking about hating them like, I hate your guts. We love them. But what he's saying is that as you make him preeminent in your life, the most important decision that any man or any woman can make is a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. And relationships get strained, and people don't like it. And when we come out of the darkness into the light, uh, you see that division that happens. So that's what Jesus is explaining. It isn't like what you hear in some of the, you know, progressive churches or something. Oh, we're just all one great big happy family. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter how you live. Uh, it doesn't matter if you believe the Bible or not. We're all going to end up in bliss together. And Jesus says, no, you need to make a decision for me and and. And as you do, there's going to be a division that will come between those loved ones that are in your family. And you seem to have experienced it, and many people that are listening right now have experienced it as well. And it's not easy. Um, But that's why I think, uh, Dustin, that it's very important that, once again, that we reiterate that the family of God, the church, is very important for us um, to have. Uh, because those relationships get strained and severed, and they're painful, and and it's very hard. So I don't know if that helps. A hundred percent, yeah, I, I totally get it. And even like even at work, you know, like my coworkers and stuff, I I can like they'll say stuff to me that makes me know that they're, like they're talking about me being like the the Christian guy, you know, and yeah, and it's just yeah, I, I get what you're saying about like. When we come out of the darkness, and then people don't, they don't, the darkness doesn't comprehend it. So people get, you know, that's where that division comes from. It's and I think that, yeah, yeah. And that's what we need to realize is when we become a Christian, the world is not going to applaud us. Becoming a Christian is not a cool thing. And yeah. it's like people are going to come against us. And, and, uh, because there's a spiritual dimension that's there, there's a battle that's there. The world's going to hate us. And Jesus said, that a servant is not above his master. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you as well. And and even Paul, in his last words to Timothy, was that all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And a lot of time, 
that's in the relationship that we have with others. So, hey, let me pray with you real quick, Dustin, and and then we're going to hear the music. And God bless you. Hang in there and uh, stay close to the family of God. And I pray for Dustin, Lord, that, uh, you know, in the relationships and others that go through those painful uh, relationships that they get severed because we make a decision for Christ, that we would know that we belong to the family of God and that, Lord, that uh, we would still be used to bring light to those family members and understand that the world is not going to applaud us, but the world's going to come against us. And sometimes that includes family members, but to stand fast in you and in your truth and Lord, in your love. And it's in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. God bless Amen. you, Dustin. Hey, we're going to be right back. We got two open lines. Uh, we'll go to Ricky and Greeley. He's got a very important question that he wants to ask. So, Ricky, hang on. We'll get to you after the break. We'll be on the other side, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. Pastor Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you up here in northern Colorado, watching the clouds begin to come in. And we have a storm coming in that will be here later tonight in the early morning. So be careful tomorrow as you're out and about as the uh, weather comes in and we have advisories out and the mountains are I have storm warnings all throughout the mountains, and so just be careful. Uh, take those uh, precautions that you need to to get to work tomorrow, or if you're traveling anywhere, just be careful. We want to make sure that you're safe. And, uh, boy, I can't wait. This is the last week of February. Then we'll be heading into March, and uh, I'm looking forward to spring coming. I think all of us are. But, you know, the season that we're in right now is cold, uh, and it's windy, and snow's coming. But spring is around the corner. We'll be looking forward to it. And maybe perhaps that you're in a season right now spiritually where you just feel cold and uh, it's just the winds of adversity are blowing against you. We want to pray for you. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. We got two open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. And, and remember that the Lord is with you and he's going to get you through this season. And uh, he desires to work that that life in you. Um, tomorrow is Ash Wednesday that starts Lent. There was a question that came in. We'll answer it in just a little bit. But I do want to go to uh, Ricky in Greeley first. Um, Ricky, are you there? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for holding. I appreciate it. You're on Calvary Live. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate your guys' programming. Um, I really do. It's helped me out a lot. Good, good. What do you have? Um, so I had a question um, just about discerning the Word of the Lord, um, and, and I'll reference, um, I believe it's First Samuel 3, um, where, where he's trying to, to figure out the, the voice that he's hearing. Um, but over the last couple years, um, I've just had a, a strong um, pull or drive, if you will, um, to, to provide my myself as as a as a, a vessel for others um, in terms of the work that I do I'm a local entrepreneur here um, and one of the things that I do is barbering 
Um, mm-hmm. And I do uh, basically free barbering for uh, people in the community, um, people of need. And through yeah. one of the people who I'm sure you know um, at Northern Colorado, the Youth for Christ, um, they were uh, gracious enough to donate me a vehicle uh, to use. And so the one thing that I've had a problem with, and Dustin uh, kind of touched on it, is, you know, the, the, the worldly views of giving my services away, giving myself away for free, and how do, I, how do I know if that's what the Lord is really calling me to do versus, you know, the naysayers um, and, and such in the world that, you know, just can't believe that I would be willing to give yeah. up my time and um, you know, so, you know, and, and kind of tied into like, uh, Ephesians two, I believe, you know, like, uh, you know, that, you know, we're made alive in Christ. And so we should be found doing the, you know, the good works that he's prepared for us. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel like this is my, my good works maybe. Yeah. And it's important. I think you're bringing up something very important for all of us to understand that even listeners today, I'm sure there's somebody out there listening that's going through the same thing, that the Lord has put something on your heart. And you mentioned Ephesians chapter 2, that he has made us alive. We were spiritually dead, and we're saved by grace, you know, um, through faith. It's not of works. It's not of ourselves, lest anyone should boast. And then he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he ordained from the very beginning, that we should walk in them. And that word workmanship is kind of interesting. It's the Greek word poem, where we get our word poem. God wants us to be a, a, a poem, a work of art. And, you know, any time that you do any kind of work of art, uh, a poem, you write a poem, you do a work of art, it really comes from the heart. So the Lord has put something on your heart that in ministry, in giving others, and listen, the world is not going to understand it. And the world is not going to applaud it. The world's going to come along and say, why are you doing this? You know, you're not making any money. You're helping people that, you know, and they'll, They'll, you know, be negative about what God has put on your heart. But as you listen to the Lord, you know, you can tell, okay, do I have a peace about this? Does the peace of God rule in my heart? Colossians chapter 3. And that word rule means a baseball umpire. Is he providing for you? It sounds like he's providing for you. Are you being blessed by it? Just a joy in serving others. And you're certainly blessing others in that. And so who cares what the world thinks? And to yeah. know this, that God sees it, and he is he's directing you and guiding you, and the ministry that he's called you to do is an important ministry, and being led by the Spirit of God. And that's what's so wonderful uh, about being a Christian, when we go and we serve others, helping others. We're not getting anything in return, you know, in the world's eyes, and they're going to laugh at us, and they're going to make fun of us, and they're going to say, you're a fool. But you know what? You're doing what God wants you to do. He's providing for you, because where he guides, he provides. And, you know, the joy, I just sense you enjoy doing it, and it gives you great pleasure to be able to serve in that way and how God has gifted you. So, you know, keep doing it as God is just giving you the joy to do it, giving you the peace to do it, the provision to do it, and don't listen to the world. You know, the world is not, as I've already said on this program, going to applaud us as we serve others. And yeah. um, But we can't listen to the voice of the world. Um, and I think it's cool what you're doing. I think it's so neat. It's so needed. 
and everybody has a ministry, and I think that if we're just open to the leading of the Lord, he wants to guide us in certain ways and um, and know this, that, you know, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because your labor is not in vain, and God sees it, and he's pleased with it. Those who give a cup of water to a child, those who go and visit others in a nursing home, those who, you know, make meals for others, and those who give haircuts to those who need it. God is pleased with it. And I think it's it's just wonderful the ministry he's given to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I uh you know, and like Dustin said, I think, you know, when you when you do start listening more and being more obedient, you know, the 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 people around you kind of find that odd and and you may lose some people i've lost you know some business partners and friends and stuff and um you know and i guess that was you know my real question was you know and you kind of answered it with well is he providing for you and he and he certainly is he's uh you know i'm i'm beyond blessed more blessed than i deserve and uh and that's what i'm trying to do is just to share those blessings and make sure that they know it's not from me um that's from god so you know, and, you know, the thing is, Pastor Chuck used to tell us, um, he says, freely you have received, freely you shall give. And as you've received from the Lord, I mean, we've received salvation and blessing. He's given us a new heart. And I was, you know, kind of sharing a little bit on Sunday morning when before I became a Christian, I didn't care about people. Ricky, I, I didn't care about people. Leave me alone and yep. I'll be just fine. And then I came to Jesus, and he gave me a new heart. And over the years, to be able to serve others and to be able to serve, that's what part of agape love is, is loving others without expecting anything in return. But you care for people. You're able to reach out. And I think as Christians, you know, that's what we're to do, is reach out with the love of Jesus Christ in very practical ways. And um, and I'll, I'll tell you this. One of the things that the Lord Ricky has really put on my heart is, you know, uh, we're going through the book of Philippians, and in Paul's, he's writing to the Christians, he said, you be a light to those out in the world. You be a light to others, a light to one another. And light is not heard, but it is seen, isn't it? Yes. Light will expose, you know, he speaks about, let you know, be sincere and without, um, you know, offense to others. It speaks about shining forth, the light shining on of it, on us. There isn't anything that causes us to be blameless in front of others. None of us are perfect. But, you know, to be sincere, don't be phony. And then the other thing is be a light to others. Light is not heard, but it is seen. It is seen. And it's seen in the one that's given a free haircut. It's seen in the one that's serving others. It's seen in the one that is caring for others and serving in practical needs. And most of the testimonies that I have heard from people that come to Christ is because I watched that person. They cared. They they gave. Uh, they took the time. They, they took time out of their lives to reach out and to serve, and then they followed up with the gospel. But there was a trust that was there, and there's something different about them than the world. So you be different than the world because you're not in the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world, in other words. And, you know, we're to give the love of Jesus Christ while we're in this world, and the world desperately needs it. So, you know, keep keep doing a good work. Hey, thank you. Thank you guys so much. I, I really do appreciate your guys' programming. You bet. Can I pray for you? 
Yes, sir. Father, I pray for Ricky. Is is the the, the Lord um, you've given him this ministry that he would do it with joy? You provide it for him, and Lord, I know it's a blessing. It is such a blessing to those that he gets to serve that he would do it in love and do it um, because this is what you've called him to do. This is the ministry that you've given him to do. And I just pray that you bless him in every way. And uh, as he just continues to abound in the labor of love to others and what you have him to do in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless Thank him, you, guys. Ricky. I appreciate it. You bet. Absolutely. Hey, all of a sudden I got all open lines, I believe. So give me a call. Got plenty of time. Hey, every of us, every one of us have a ministry that God has given to us. And really pray about how you can serve others, um, how you can minister to others. Um, I, I think about uh, our study in Galatians not long ago, uh, as Paul is talking about grace throughout the book of Galatians. But in Galatians, he says, um, you know, that we are to how to extend that grace and bear one another's burdens so fulfill the law of Christ. For anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Um, and, and so what it's saying in that is not rejoicing and lifting each other up, you know, and exalting oneself. It is that you examine your own work. You know, go to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And what we do oftentimes, we live in a culture where we like to examine everybody else. Why are you doing this? And why would you take the time to do this? Listen, um, go to the Lord and say, what would you have me to do? And know that people may question you. The enemy is going to bring those to come against you. But you just move forward in ministering to others and showing the love of Jesus Christ to others. He has something for all of us that we can do and very practical things. I grew up, we're going through a ministry class on Saturday mornings that I've been teaching. It's the last one this Saturday. We're going to kind of wrap up everything that we've talked about over the last two months, uh, eight weeks, and that is loving others in ministry. And and that is the key, to show the love of Jesus Christ, uh, to be abiding in his love, and then just to serve others in whatever God would have you to do. And we can think that ministry has to be you know, only those behind the pulpit or, uh, you know, leading worship or um, evangelists. No, ministry, he's given us all gifts, um, service gifts, um, and we're all part of the body of Christ, and he wants to use you. And what an exciting time to be used of the Lord. Um, really pray about, Lord, how would you want to use me to to encourage and uplift and serve the body of Christ and others, to be a light in this world. And it may be cutting hair. It may be, you know, raking somebody's uh, yard up with leaves, like uh, some that I know in the church did this this fall, maybe shoveling a sidewalk with snow when a snow comes in tomorrow. How you can share the love of Jesus Christ through your actions and being a light to others. So it's something to really consider and pray about. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. So grab one of those open lines. The caller just uh, has... Um, called and so we're going to go to amarillo texas Stephen. hey Stephen. hello sir how are you brother 
I'm good. How are things down there in Texas? Windy. Always windy, <laughs> my friend. So well, my, my sent- question for you, I'm, uh-huh. I'm looking at Acts chapter 5, and specifically verses 1 through 10, where it's talking about the couple that saved money away from when they sold some property, and they yeah. were they were deceivingly saying that they had gave it all. There's a couple times in that, that chapter and section of verses that it talks about uh, people being fearful, which I know that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, and I recognize that sometimes the Bible is descriptive versus prescriptive, but I just wanted to see what is your take when you're teaching that particular chapter and those particular verses? Well, it's pretty heavy, isn't it? Um, it is. As Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira, they they lied to um, to Peter. Um, it was the time the early church had just started, and so what had happened was some people try to use these verses to justify communism, and it wasn't communism as they were gathering all their goods. What was happening was as revival was taking place the early church was growing as people had come to Jerusalem for the Pentecost uh, feast, and they were they decided to stay. They had come from all over the known world. We know that from Acts chapter 2. And they said, we're going to stay here in Jerusalem, and we're going to, you know, learn of the things of the Lord. We're going to grow, um, and that's, you know, they were supporting one another. So in chapter 5, when these two individuals— uh, lied to uh, to Peter. You know, of course, Peter says, you haven't lied uh, to me, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you've lied to God, which shows us and shows very clearly that the Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. But there was purity that was in the church at that time. And when it says that fear struck the people, it's not a a fear of certainly that would get your attention, wouldn't it? But it's speaking more of a reverence for God. And the Bible speaks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is something that we don't hear a whole lot about um, in the church today, but it isn't that we have this unhealthy terror of the Lord, like it's a mean old man up in heaven leaning over the banister of heaven ready to zap us um, because he doesn't like us or hate us. It's having a reverence for the Lord. So at this time, it was a time where purity uh, was, um, you know, there in the church. They had lied. It's very heavy. Um, but that fear was a reverence of God and what he was doing. And, um, it is a heavy verse, um, that takes place, uh, in that. And, uh, but that's what was taking place as he fell down and breathed his last, um, the death of Ananias. And then, of course, uh, Sapphira as well as she did she wasn't exempt from that so you know there's a uh, it just it is a heavy portion of scripture but that's what was taking place in the early church just that purity um that uh, uh reverence for the lord and what was going on at that time well brother i'm so thankful that god is merciful to us <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I I know. I know. And, you know, some people say, you know, what's interesting, they'll say, Stephen, 
Well, I wish this was the early church, like in the book of Acts. It's like, well, do you want Acts chapter 5? Do you really want that? <laughs> but but that's what was taking place at that time, and uh is amazing demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit and people coming to Christ and the, the fear of the Lord. But I think the important thing, what we get out of it, is we're to have a reverence for the Lord. And they were lying trying to bring glory to themselves. Isaiah says that he will not share his glory with any man or any woman. And um, and so you see this happen uh, in this chapter. So, Well, well thank you, sir. I, I know that next week um, I'm going into my small group to teach over this particular chapter. And so, um, man... This is one that I've wrestled with deeply because I I know that I've got some young Christians in there, and I want them to understand that God loves them. <laughs> right? I don't want them walking away from this um, with a perspective that uh, that God's character is that He is just waiting to get them for any mistake. And yeah. so I, I appreciate you referencing and talking about the reverence in that particular scripture, I think I can, I can definitely take and use that. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think the important message for them is God knows everything. You know, he, you can try to fool, um, you know, family members, the pastor being more, you know, holy, righteous than what you really are, but God sees it and God sees it, and just those real practical applications for it. Uh, We don't fully understand everything that goes on in the Bible. You know, this is pretty serious. He struck Ananias and Sapphira for lying. But I think to keep it at the application of, you know, a spirit-filled believer, um, you know, you can't think that you're going to get away with sinning because the Lord knows in those applications that you can certainly understand um, as you give and teach through this this chapter. So, blessings to you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. You bet. Absolutely. Let's go to Ashton in Colorado. Hello. Ashton, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. You're on Calvary Live. Excellent. Uh, I just had a question. I've come into a uh, part of my life where uh, I needed an answer from God and... Uh, it seemed in Scripture that he gave it to me, and kind of taken me three or four times to read the Scripture to fully understand, but um, in reality, what's happening now is um, this position has come about for me to go back to home, which is back in Ohio, and mm-hmm. um, prayed about it, you know, and everything else, and um, I read the scripture, the Bible, after a few days, you know, and it was Genesis 31, and it had described Jacob uh, returning back to his place of birth. And Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I think that's the wonderful thing, you know, Ashton, about being a, a, a Christian. You know, th- there's no verse in the Bible that says, move back to Ohio, or don't move back to Ohio, you know, in the right. decisions that you're making. But oftentimes, just as you described, when I have a decision to make, I'll be reading the scriptures, and that that verse will just pop out. I may have read it a thousand times. Um, even this morning, 
my wife Sue was reading to me from Psalm 25 about something that we've been praying about, and the words just leaped out at me. And I, I knew the psalm. I've read the psalm so many times. But the Lord really spoke to me this morning through my wife Sue, sharing that psalm and spoke to her. And oftentimes the Lord will speak to you through the scriptures. And as you're reading about Jacob, you know, going back, going back home, the Lord pressed that on your heart, and that's how he works oftentimes. And, you know, to give you a peace that rules in your heart as he speaks to you through the word of God in that still small voice. And, you know, and as you're saying, yes, I believe you're speaking to me, Lord, and he gives you a peace about it, um, you can have confidence that God is working. Okay. Was there anything else you want to follow up on? Well, yeah, and then, you know, I got in the car and I was listening to your radio station and, and someone was going through the same exact thing I was, I'm was i describing now. And um, you said, you know, it'll come out with Scripture no matter how big or small. And, you know, that is him, yeah. him giving you the, the voice. And I was, I was kind of, I was really in shock, to be honest with you. It took me like three or four times to read that, that chapter and then my wife had me leave to go to the grocery store, and then I'm listening <laughs> to the radio, and it's you know same exact thing, and it's just almost you know, yeah, uh, you know. I just wanted like kind of like clarification, you know. I guess you know should I? Yeah. I should probably follow this this what is calling out to me through the scripture, yeah. right? Right. And let me ask you this, because the Bible also talks about that Paul prays that that. May the Lord give you a peace that rules in your heart. And that word rule means a baseball umpire. Do you have peace? You've, you've received this from the Lord. You sense that this is from Him to, to move back. Do you have a peace about it? Uh, I did, but now I'm, 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 you know, having second thoughts about it, you know, kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah. And just keep praying. The Lord's going to confirm it, because here's the thing. I'm going to leave you with this. Isaiah chapter 30. The Lord says, in going to him, and you might want to read that chapter. Um, he was talking to the children of Israel that were looking to the world for counsel, to Egypt. And he says, in returning in rest, you shall be saved, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In other words, he's trying to get them to come to him, and that's what you've been doing. You go to him. And then, therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So as you go to him and as you're waiting on him, and that's kind of the where you're at right now, that then he will speak to you. It says that your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or to the hand, and whenever you turn to the left. In other words, there's that promise that he is going to speak to you, and he, in that still small voice, he's speaking to you. What you believe is scripture. He'll give you a peace that rules in your heart. And then the other thing, too, to remember is that the wisdom that comes from above is pure and peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, is it peaceable? Is it good? Is it like we're, we're I'm desiring to move towards blessing towards you, Lord? And, and, and be in your will, and here's the good things, and the Lord will guide you and direct you 
uh, in that way. It's not going to be confusing. It's not going to be striving. It's not going to be, um, you know, just, I don't know. He's just leading you in that peace and in that direction and speaking to you through the scriptures. And, um, and so if you're not quite sure, keep praying about it and the Lord's going to continue to show you and confirm it. Okay. Can I pray for you? Yeah, please. Father, as we get ready to end the show, I want to pray for Ashton. He, he really wants to hear from you. And so you've spoken to him in this verse. Confirm it. Give him a peace that rules in his heart. Lord, um, just, just Lord, just, uh, have the assurance that you do want to be that voice behind him saying, walk in it. Go to the left, go to the right, go to Ohio, stay here. But Lord, that uh, you would show him very, very clearly. And Lord, that he would have confidence to step out in faith. And it does take faith. Uh, to, to do that, um, to, to say that I sense your leading, Lord, and your guidance in this. I'm going to trust in it. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just show Aston very clearly um, as he's making this decision, and he wants to be in your will, and I know that you want to lead him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that. that was God bless you. You bet. Verbiage. God bless you. Okay. Let us know Thank how you. it works out, okay? I will. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ashton. Hey, we didn't get to everybody. We're towards the end of the show and uh, had a very good show and um, just so blessed to be able to talk with people. Uh, People are asking about somebody real quick uh, as we close about Ash Wednesday that starts tomorrow. That's just 40 days before Easter and um, wasn't in. It's not in the Bible. Uh, but it's something that um, most Catholics and some Protestant denominations that they will practice. So that's what it's about. So call in tomorrow if you got a question on that. God bless you. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show um, and looking forward to being with you next time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.